to study a portion of God's Word. We're going to talk for a short time tonight on fear and hope. There are many things going on currently in the world that concern us, and rightly so. We're concerned about what our health may be. We're concerned with the financial things that we have going on in our lives, and we're concerned about our family and our loved ones. Each of us know, deep down, we certainly have some of those fears, if not all. One thing we do know is that fears we have, at times, are inherent to being present in this world. They're part of being in this world, and we can't escape certain things that will most certainly come. You know, God recognizes that we will have concerns in this life, and He spent a lot of time in His Word reminding us that it isn't about this world. It's about what is to come. Yet we still allow these fears to creep into our minds. So we want to talk a little bit tonight about the two things on our screen here. Fear. An unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Anxious concern. I think that last part is probably the best description of what many of us are experiencing at this time. Anxious concern. And certainly that concern is far greater for some of us than it is for others. But we all experience some degree. But what we really want to focus on tonight is the second part. Hope. Hope, a desire accompanied by expectation of belief and fulfillment or success. And certainly each of us have a desire and an expectation that there are better things to come. That certainly there has to be something more than what we see in the present time. We want to see those things fulfilled. We want to experience success in these things. So turn with me as we begin the study of tonight in Proverbs 10 and verse 24. It says, The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Fear gone unchecked will consume us. It will occupy our time, our thoughts, and it can take all of our resources if we're not careful and if we don't approach it with the right mindset. You know, I recall another time in our history, back in the year of 2000, that was 20 years ago, but I remember it vividly. For some of you younger people, you may not remember or be familiar with the Y2K bug. Many of us remember that as we were coming into the years leading into 2000, many of the smarter people in our nation were looking at the way that they wrote software. And what they found was they only used a two-digit year on that software. And so what they feared was when the clock clicked midnight of 2000, that these computers wouldn't recognize that double zero as 1900 or 2000. Which would it be? Now this is an oversimplified version of what happened at that time, but I remember it vividly. I was working in Dallas at the time, and we didn't think much about it. We talked about it, but it was just mild curiosity. But as the time grew, grew closer, we had an email that came out from the people that were way far above each of us. And what that email said was, as of December 26th of that year, we were not to leave more than 45 miles from Dallas. And as that grew even closer, the three days leading up to New Year's Eve, we weren't supposed to leave Dallas at all. That mild curiosity soon turned to fear because it was validated by those around us. And we had that fear. But you know, the difference between that and now is nothing really happened in the year 2000. And certainly we th see things around us in the current time that concern us because we may know people 
that are affected by this. We certainly will know people by the end. Fast forward eight to nine years. We know that is the Great Recession that happened. We all certainly know stories about that time as well. I can recall as that time we were first going into it in November of 20, 2008. I was there purchasing a new vehicle at the Chevy, Chevy dealership. And as I sat across the, the table from the guy that was selling me the car, it really hit. He said, Mr. Henderson, we're prepared to offer you an extended warranty on your truck for a nominal fee. And it hit me. A company as big as GM that had been in this country for years and years and years could be gone overnight. Certainly many of us felt the repercussions of a collapsing banking market, a housing market, when people sold houses for less than what they paid for. Many of us had family members that were hurt by these things. And certainly we got through that. You know, I'm a proponent of preparation and a proponent of looking at things realistically, but many of the fears harbored by people during those times never came to pass. There were certainly much further fears that people had that were unfounded. The hope of the righteous is to continue to serve God today, just as we did four and five months ago. That's our greatest desire. We should always keep in mind that God is in control and he's not bound by man or events in this current world. You know, I like the examples we have in the Bible best. And if we look there, and re if you'll read with me in John 20 and verse 9, it says, In the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, came Jesus, and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. You know, this was a great time of uncertainty for God's people. Christ had been crucified on a cross, and his people were torn on what was next for them. They faced imminent physical danger. And if the Jews could have Christ crucified on a cross, then what could he do with the followers of Jesus? That was in their minds. Those were legitimate concerns and imminent danger that threatened them. But what did Jesus say in this time of great uncertainty? What did he say? Jesus said, peace be unto you. And I suppose he would say the same thing to us tonight. As we harbor these fears and we look at what is to come. Once again, God was in control of his people at that time. And God didn't intend for us to live in fear. His desire was for us to live in love and serve him. In 2 Timothy verse Chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear is not of God, yet we can sustain many fears in our lives. Fear of physical danger, fear of what could be, fear of failure, and probably the most prominent, fear of the unknown. What would God have us to do in this life? Live in love, faith, and hope. Anything outside of these three is not of God. In 1 John 4 and verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You can't live in peace if you're trapped in fear. You can't do it. The fear will grab you. If we had all listened to everything in the media and on the internet, and that was our only source of communication in the last few days, 
Social distancing wouldn't have been a problem because we wouldn't have want to have been near anyone. And that's the way it is many times. You know, we've got to realize that being gripped with fear will prevent us from our personal responsibilities. It will prevent us from serving our fellow man and it will prevent us from serving our maker. Fear will preoccupy us with all the terror that may or may not happen. If we subscribe to the spirit of fear, then we will most certainly fail in everything we do. Lucky for us, God had a plan. The hope that we have has so much more power than the fear that we can place on ourselves. Remember, fear doesn't come from God, but a sound mind with resolve. We simply cannot concentrate on what's important in this life when we are frozen by fear. In Psalms 33 and verse 22 it says, Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. The spiritual blessings we have in this life far outweigh what anyone can do to us. You know, our ability to assemble has currently been lost. And that's unfortunate. But many of us know that they cannot stop us from worshiping. And I don't think that was their intent. Their intent was to keep the population safe. And certainly we don't fault them for that. But we have to understand, they cannot stop us from worshiping our God. We have examples where God's people worshipped in caves under the cover of night, yet they were not deterred out of fear from serving God. In Psalms 43 and verse 5, it says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. We can have many misplaced hopes in this life that are outside of God. I can place my hope in riches, which we've seen fail time and time again. But hope in God will never fail you. He is the health of my countenance. That word can be defined as mental composure. And that's what we gain from that. That's what we gain from his strength. A sound mind settled in peace. Continue reading later in Psalms in verse seven, or chapter 71 and verse 14. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. That's where we concentrate on what's important in life. We find fear in ourselves and we place that on Jesus. As we do that more and more, we begin to praise Him more and more. And because we get in that mindset, no matter what we face, He will be there for us. Our mind and our attitude are then set on what God had intended. And we've seen this time and time again in our older brethren. It seems that it, never, it doesn't matter what they're faced with. The hits keep coming, and they're still focused on God. And certainly, we're amazed by that. Amazed by that faith. Amazed by that resolve. Read with me in 1 Peter 1, verse 21. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory that your father and hope might be in God. You can't talk about fear and hope without talking about faith, can you? Hope alone will not make us follow through on the things we need to do. What we hope for represents a goal, but faith will prompt us to take steps in fulfilling that hope. You know, I can be lost in a forest and sit down hoping I will get out, but it isn't until I have faith that I can get out that I'll do something about it. Now bring that back to the study of this evening. God gives us hope of a better life to come, doesn't he? And our faith prompts us to do the things he would have us to do. 
in order to obtain it. We have to be people of action. Action is required on our part. If we don't like our present situation, then we must make changes to obtain a different one. This is true in our spiritual life as well as our physical lives. If I don't have the spiritual life I want and God wills me to have, then I make changes to conform to His will. Anything in the physical life that I don't like or need to change requires action in order for me to obtain a different set of characteristics. It sounds simple, but once again, what often prevents this? None other than fear. The fear that grips us of whatever it is in our lives. And it may not be this. We may have other fears. And certainly at different times, we will have other fears. We have to have the resolve that we'll have the faith in God that He will see us through. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13, it says, And now abide of faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Love brings about the other two. If I love God and those around me, then I have faith. And if I have faith and I have hope of something better to come, Jesus is the answer to putting all of these in our lives. One of the best verses we have for this current distress is found in the book of Romans. And I'd like you to read that with me tonight. Romans 12 and verse 12, it says, Rejoicing in hope, be patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. You know, we have much to be thankful for, don't we? We're blessed far and above what many ever hope to obtain. And this verse sums up what I hope we take with us this evening. Rejoice because we have hope in this life and for much more to come. Be patient in tribulation. When we're faced with the worries of this world or anything else, remember, God is in control. Take the hope we have through Christ and pray on these things. The result will be a much more positive effect on our lives and on ourselves and anyone else that we may be around. I hope this study will help you. I hope it will have a positive outlook, impact on you. We face a lot of challenges in the coming days. COVID-19 hit our West Coast 73 days ago. We're far from the end of it. But through God and our concentration on Him and our will and our resolve to do His work can get us through. Good evening and God bless you all. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.